Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk about tracking humans. All about the manhunt. Um, you know, basically, I mean, I was thinking about a lot of things. And, you know, if I'm going to be the prepper go-to guy who can solve any problems. And what happens if somebody gets kidnapped or... You know, obviously there's police and stuff, but you know what? Your wife's going to turn to you when you're missing babies and whatever. And how much do these people care? You know, maybe you should have a little insight. What happens if, you know, um, you're hiding out in the woods and you're dealing with gangs and somebody comes and snatches one of your, uh, you know, your, mm-hmm. your prepper group or whatever, you know, one of your family members. Anything like that, you know, all these are possibilities and I thought it might be a good skill for us to have. And also, if you're aware of how to track, maybe you can be aware of how not to be tracked. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? I think that's, uh, you know, we've got into this a little bit. I've been uh, doing a little bit of research. All right. I did have one experience of uh, tracking, tracking somebody at one point in my life when I was about nine years old oh yeah you were a big tracker yeah i had a, i had this really dope tree fork all right and uh one of my friends from across the street who was a little bit younger than me was about, about seven or eight came over and said somebody was back there messing up our tree fork oh so we ran out there and they're gone that but, always seems to be the case but wait there were there were bicycle tire tracks oh and luckily it was a, a sandy area so, me and my friend followed the tracks through the woods, you know. A lot of it, the times that the tracks would disappear, but, you know, you just use, you know. Common sense, kind of. direction they would go, following the trail. 
You know, you're not going to follow the trail down to the swamp. You follow it around, you know. Right. Then you catch on the bike, bike tracks again. And uh, we tracked it about a mile through the woods until it came out in another spot. And there we saw two kids sitting on bikes. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, they're about three years older. And when you're nine, three years is a pretty big deal. So about a week, week later, me and one of my other friends that was a little bit better at uh, roughhousing. Uh-huh. Caught up with one of these kids, took care of business. Oh. Scott Fisher, you know who you are. Wait till I see you again. Oh, this is a sad day for America. You know, if your tree fort yeah, isn't if your safe, tree fort isn't safe. No, nothing's safe. No, that's not even freedom right there. Mm-hmm. So no, exactly. So I was hoping we could kind of unearth some of the uh, clues that might, uh, you know, help you out. Yeah. Now, I got this, uh, I was looking through this book that you had, uh, Tracking Humans. All right. It's by uh, David Diaz. David Diaz. And actually, I was reading in the intro, this guy says, if you read this book, you may not be the best tracker in the world. Mm -hmm. He goes, but you're going to be in the top 100 because there's just nobody who does it. Nobody that does it anymore. It's kind of a lost art. It is really a lost art. Um. So, see, what do you got? Well, I got a quote here in the book that I thought was interesting that you were pointing out to me. All right. In the act of hunting, a man becomes, however briefly, part of nature again. He returns to the natural state, becomes one with the animal, and is freed of the existential split. To be part of nature and to to transcend it by virtue of his consciousness. That's a quote from Eric Fromm in this book. Nice. And, uh... I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, just in the sense that, um, like you were saying, there aren't many people that do, do no. it anymore. No, um, You know, there's a lot of people that out there that do a lot of hunting, yes. they're really good at tracking, but when it comes to man hunting, that's a, a kind of a lost skill. Well, you know, and, and reading through the book and, and different things I've learned over the years, you know, they talk about, you really... Um, we used to humans as you know a, a civilization mankind so we've gotten away from having to hunt and search for things and i think our abilities to smell to hear to notice things have really died off and they're just i i don't think you're not born with it but i think you don't develop them you know in our society and culture mm-hmm. these skills aren't you know developed or utilized and I think it really takes a toll. And I think if you want to get serious about tracking and, and, you know, searching for people, you really need to get out in the woods. You need to start paying attention. You need to actually utilize these skills. Mm-hmm. And we keep talking about it with a lot of these different prepper, you know, skills that you got to use it. You know, you got to go out shooting. You got to go out and build fires. You got to go out and do things. And it's the same thing. If you want to be a tracker, you got to go out and look at the ground. You got to listen to the noises. You got to develop these skills. And I think, you know, it really is a skill that, you know, if you put some effort, read some books, put some time in, you could really take it somewhere and, you know, develop a useful skill. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot of uh, children's games that, uh, you know, were developed centuries ago that that we... uh... You know, we still play today, you know, hide and seek. Uh, most of us have played manhunt out there. Right. I remember doing a couple of games of manhunt with paintball guns. You know, we'd, we'd pick out one person to be the uh, 
you know, the chase and we'd send them out, you know, give them a 10, 15 minute head start. Right. You know, they were the ones that got all the protective gear and then we'd just go out after them into the woods. And destroy them? Yeah. Yeah, well, that sounds... Well. Sometimes they'd get away. Oh, okay. That one time? I did it, I did it in the uh, in the snow one time. And, yeah. And uh, believe it or not, uh, paintballs can freeze. And when you get shot in the face with them... No, not so good. It doesn't feel good, man. No? No. All right. So... Basically, when it comes to searching, there's signs and you need to, you know, look around and what what's going on. So a lot of it, it starts out, you know, deductive reasoning, like, all right, you know, somebody just took somebody. I'm in the middle of the street. Odds are they went away in a car. You know, I'm going to look around for tire tracks. I'm going to look at different things. Um, but that's it. I mean, you just kind of, you know, know who they they call, you know, the person you're after, they call them the chase. And, you know, you need to see what's going to pertain to the chase, you know, the guy that you're after. And there's a lot of different things. Um, you use like all your senses, like your sense of smell. So uh, the average human is this guy camping out in the woods. Do I smell smoke? Is he cooking? cooking i'm gonna smell those smells even an hour two hours three hours later um i hate to say it when you're chasing somebody through the woods a couple days manhunt mm -hmm. body odor becomes an issue mm -hmm. somebody who's not showering and not whatever you're gonna smell it um human urine here human you know scat mm -hmm. they're they're crap it's gonna smell Mm -hmm. And, you know, these things, they're pretty distinctive. People, people have a habit of, uh, you know, doing something that animals usually don't do when they shit. and They wipe their butt, you know. Even if it's with leaves, you know, you're not going to find a pile of poo with, with leaves around it covered in poop that a bear no. left behind. No. And that's, I mean, you know, even, you know, we had talked in the, the last. So you get out. Sorry, I get distracted. You go out. You're in the woods. You you know, somebody was here, they took something, they, they messed with your, your fort. Mm -hmm. So you come out, you look around, you're seeing these tire tracks, you kind of take it all in. One of the things, you know, we had just talked in the night vision episode about the cones and rods, mm -hmm. your peripheral, and basically, you can, uh, your eyes, remember we, we talked about 30 minutes to adjust to darkness. Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing goes when you're kind of assessing a situation. When you look around, you need to just stare and let your eyes adjust for a minute and then turn at a different angle and look, you know, another direction and, and just stare for a minute. And just letting your eyes focus and adjust will actually bring into focus a lot of things that someone who takes a quick scan through is going to overlook. Um, I didn't really consider that, you know, I hadn't thought about it and I was reading and I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you need to use your senses to improve them is the bottom line, you know, so maybe you need to get out there and, and actually kind of touch things, get in the dirt and mm -hmm. see what things taste feel like, poo. you know, taste the taste poo. The um, but you know, also practice looking for things, have somebody, you know, set things up and, and kind of go through it. Look at, you know, angles and, and, you know, look for different things that seem out of place. Um, when you look at the tracks, you're going to look for, like, moisture. How does the moisture 
on the ground compare like you know when somebody walks through wet grass you know how the obvious right. and that you can see, can see that outright trail but it's not even always as obvious as that but you can still see the subtle differences in moisture on the ground a lot of the time um different uh you know shapes things like that the temperature you know if you feel in the ground when somebody comes through it's going to be a little bit warmer or, you know a little out um you know you got to kind of feel you can feel like a campfire even after it's been put out you know it'll be hours before it's cool you know i've had fires in my backyard where i've gone out the next morning and it's still smoking obviously somebody trying to hide isn't going to have a fire that hot right but uh, well i would think think that anyway Not yeah everybody's a some people are stupid now you know you have the dakota fire holes and the different mm -hmm. things you see the prepper guys doing um you know notice nature uh overactive bees mm -hmm. are they irritated somebody in here you know different things like that obviously cobwebs mm -hmm. are there cobwebs that are knocked down different things like that um scratches drags in the dirt mm -hmm. um you know what one of the things that the guy had pointed out in the book was everything humans are obsessed and i hear it from my wife all the time obsessed with order and shapes and and right angles and mm -hmm. you know when we plan our fields they're in straight rows and and you know everything is logical and symmetrical humans are the only you know species that do this Mm -hmm. and you want to look for that so when you're going through a trail and you see rocks in a row or bushes kind of laying in a row you might want to check hey am i walking into a trap is mm -hmm. you know people have been here nature is random right and when things have order it's usually a good sign that people have been there mm -hmm. you know they've been in there and that's something you know you need to take into account well i want to talk about a little bit about um evading being tracked okay maybe we can get into some of the stuff that we uh we might have glossed over a little bit more in depth with some of these things all right um i think there there are two real famous famous people that were uh you know well known for their ability to not be found all right track. uh i don't know that i'd qualify them both as badasses but i think it would be easy to do that all right one's a good one's a good guy or at least somebody i consider a good guy one somebody I consider to be a bad guy. Uh, but I think the, the badass of the week award would go to Geronimo, the Indian. You know, Apache, Apache warlord. Wasn't, wasn't really a chief, but he, uh, he escaped with about, uh, I think it was 36, they said, 36 uh, families. You know, 36 people that were families. It's pretty hard to hide uh, 36 families. It's 36 people. 36 people, well, it's pretty hard to hide. Men, women, children, Got like it. that, you know. And uh, the Mexican Army was, was searching for him. The U.S. Army was searching for him. And for a year, they just couldn't find him. Couldn't track him down and spent an entire year with all those people. And they had, like, you know, there are all these, like, uh, legends about him, like him going into a, a cave and then tracking him into a cave. And then, uh, you know, the cave dead ending. And then weeks later, they'd see him. You know, they hear reports of him miles and miles away. Right. You know, where he did like these supernatural things. Obviously, that stuff probably blown out of proportion. It's possible. You know, but, he could have a tunnel with a little mm -hmm. rock he moves away and puts right, back different right. things, but you know, whatever. That he knew about the terrain more than they Right, did. obviously. Uh, another one that I wanted to get into that, uh, you know, um, 
not hero in my eyes, but most of you probably know who he is, Eric Rudolph. Yep. Uh, he was the Olympic bomber. Yeah. Um, he did the, uh, basically they, people had seen him planning the bombs. Okay. And they ended up getting his, his license plate number. All right. So he did, uh, he killed several people at, uh, he bombed, um, gay clubs. He bombed abortion clinics. Uh, he bombed the Olympics, like we had said. Um, he's a right wing, you know, kind of like one of those right wing nut jobs. I don't know anything about that sort of thing, but. But nut job either way. (laughs) But, um, yeah, he was the 454th fugitive on the, you know, FBI's top 10 most wanted list. All right. Uh, he went on, got on that list in 95, or 98, and they offered a $1 million bounty. So, he uh, just disappeared into the North Carolina mountains, in okay. the Smoky Mountains. Now, and, who uh, is the other guy who just did this? Oh, it's it's happened a couple times. There's a couple people All out right. there. Uh, he, this guy is interesting, though. He uh, he was uh, part of the um, Church of Army of God. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, right there, it kind of gives you a heads up of, of craziness, you know? Right. Uh, his brother was a little bit of a nut job. His brother, uh, when he was on the run, his brother videotaped himself cutting his own hand off with the radio, radio arm saw to send a message to the FBI. That's smart. <laughs> Maybe that message is I don't have a hand anymore. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, they, what he was trying to tell them with that. Right. Um, so... They looked for him for uh, for five years, and finally uh, found him. Uh, a cop came, went behind a uh, big lot store, and found him digging through the dumpster. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of turned himself in. I think he was just done, you know. But when they're trying to track down what he did for those five years, uh, he gave you know he talked a little bit about it. You know, he talked about uh, he was eating uh, salamanders and acorns, which. I don't know. I'd have to be pretty hungry to eat salamanders. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, one point he was he was stealing trash bags from McDonald's, and filling them with grains from grain silos, and taking them back to his to his spot. He was raiding people's gardens, you know, dumpster diving, all that sort of stuff. And he was right. He was going into the same town that the FBI had set up the headquarters to search for him from, and. Uh, or like hundreds of officers and FBI agents involved in the search. So from 98 to 2003, they had no idea where he was, no trace of him. They weren't sure if, it, a lot of people had thought that he had uh, gotten back involved with the cult he was in and they murdered him so that, you know, okay. he couldn't be traced back to him. Uh, but when they found him, the only thing that really leads me to believe that somebody helped him out is that he had brand new sneakers on. So You know, fancy kicks. They're not going to yeah. survive out in the wild. So I don't know. I don't know what, what he was doing for those five years, but he, he writ, wrote pretty extensively on um, what he was doing during this time. Okay. And uh, if you go to the, the Army of God website, along with all the crazy things that they have a little on that tribute. website, well, they'll have posted all the letters that he's okay. sent, which is, I mean, there's got to be, you know, 30 or 40 of them there. And I read through a couple of them, but I mean, it's mostly just crazy. Mostly crazy. Yeah. But, uh, so if you wanted to get into how to actually lose a tracker, you know, without being a a crazy person or a, you know, Well, you can let him do the crazy for you. Um, so we wanted to talk in a, uh, talk uh, about some of the basics. Okay. Like if you, 
uh, if you know you're being tracked and you just, you know, run out of your house and there's people behind you, you know, first things first, you know, run, sprint. Don't worry about leaving a trail. Don't worry about anything else like that. Generally speaking, a five-mile radius is what you want to get out of. Okay. That's what, what they're going to gonna want to lock down first. All right. To, so you get, just got to get going. So just get going. All right. Um, now, now, after you get out of sight and you know they're after you, but they're not right behind you, you want to start thinking about covering your tracks. Some basic things you can do is like, uh, you know, dragging a branch to cover your track, your, your footprints behind you. But just know that that's not going to cover your trail. You know, that's right. going to cover your footprints. And that's going to be one of the ways that they're able to, uh, to follow your trail. Um, a lot of people recommend having two pairs of shoes. In that sort of situation, I don't know how you would, you know, necessarily have an extra set of shoes on you. But with something like that, you can do a lot in the sense that, um, you know, you get to a spot where you can't readily be tracked, you know, a road or a rocky outcrop. Something switch like shoes. That. Switch shoes and switch direction. Right. You know, that'll... that'll kind That's of one of the big things the, is watching people. Yeah. Um, you want to, when you're looking at, at shoe tracks, mm -hmm. um, you want to actually measure the stride. Right. And that's how you can kind of piece together when the guy swaps out his shoes and mm -hmm. whatever. That's it, one know, of the clues of how you'll be able to get back onto shoe it. Shoe treads are very distinctive, too. They are. Um, you, you think they're not. I mean, mm -hmm. you think, oh, well, it's just shoes. So I'm not going to be able to pick it up. Believe it or not, tire treads mm -hmm. are very unique. And on the outer edge of the tires, they have little markings that tell you all different things about the right. size and the type of... You know, vehicle, it's for like a light truck, mm -hmm. you know, and then, yes, you can trace it back to a brand and, oh, Ford usually comes with this brand tire. But, yeah, we all know that people change tires over the years. They're not loyal. I, I uh, blew out a tire um, yeah. uh, a few days ago. And uh, when I went to go get new tires, they wanted me to fill out a registry of what tires I got, what uh, make and model car I drive, and you know, who, who I was, basically. Huh. And they wanted me to send that into the uh, the FBI. Because, the FBI? Because apparently then they could contact me and let me know if I had a, a what do they call a recall on the tires. Oh, that's smart. Seems not, like that's not really the FBI's uh, job, but... Hey, they're whatever. looking out for you. Looking out for me, right? Hey. So... I want to get back, though. Uh, we got a little off topic there. Yeah, yeah. I want to get back to uh, pursuit. Shoes. You know? Oh. You're being uh, being chased. You got your extra shoes. Got your extra shoes. Uh, second thing you want to think about is camouflage. Not necessarily camouflage like your camo gear and your ghillie suit. But camouflage like blending in. Yeah, blending in. If you're wearing an orange shirt, ditch it. You know, you can, you can paint your face with mud or ash. You know, most of the things that you need for camouflage are right there. You know what I mean? You want to use the things locally there because those colors and textures are going to match best. Um, not going to want to fire. Night travel, definitely best. Uh, ditch your phone. You know, they can track the phone, take the battery out. Uh, they can kind of triangulate your phone. They can't get an exact location on that, but they can get a general idea where you're at. Um, you can use roads. I didn't think about this, but at nighttime, okay, um, you know, you can angle your your tracks towards the road in a certain direction, and then cut back. 
And if you can get on a road at night that's not busy, you can gain an extra three, four hundred yards. Right. And then cut off, you know, cut off in a different direction. Right. And for them to recapture that right. trail. Right. Then it's going to take more time. Do you well, want to talk about uh, dogs? Tell me about dogs. I have a little bit. I read a little bit about it. I, I don't have any, uh, you know, real life experience with dog tracking. Um, but, I do uh, have a bloodhound. You do have a bloodhound. And he's not much of a tracker. He's more. He's more of an itcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh, you, that your dog, your bloodhound's been like terminal, like terminally ill for the past <laughs> ten years. Um. So like, all right. So basically, you can't lose a dog. Like a trained bloodhound, a trained German Shepherd, you're not going to get away from. Well, it. here's what I read, and it, it, I found it a little disturbing. The human body loses. 40,000 skin cells every minute. And so these are these skin cells, they're called rafts, is mm-hmm. what they call it with the trackers and whatever. And so a dog walks in, and there is just like a giant cone in the air of your dead skin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you take a dog through that kind of zigzag pattern, I mean, a tracking dog who knows to look for things. Mm-hmm. In that typical, you know, manhunt kind of pattern where you cross back and forth, the dog's going to pick up. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, going to miss if he's, you know, worth his salt. And so they can be very effective. Yeah. Uh, what I read is the best bet is to is to slow them down. Okay. You want to slow them down. And I did read something about about covering your body with Vaseline to keep oh. the skin sound. That seems a little bit ridiculous. That doesn't seem like a realistic uh I don't know. That might... I mean, some people do that for fun. It, but... Yeah, that's where I was gonna go, I guess. But, that... Yeah, it's not that's not my thing. Um so what what they're saying was uh like a a good idea would be to like cut through deep brush. Okay. And that won't necessarily slow down the dog, but it'll slow down the handler. Especially when he's got the dog on the lead. Dog can't you know? be pulling all. So so you're going to do things like that. Um, find a switchback and then make a, a sharp 90 degree turn. Okay. That'll make the handler think that the dog is Confused. on all the scent. Right. Um, what I read about water is it's not necessarily that great. Really? Going up the creek is, or whatever? All yeah. it does is, is spread your, your scent Kinda to everywhere. the edges of the water. The main thing is they're going to see where you entered the water. Right. The difference is they're going to have a hard time finding where you left the water. Right. So if you cross the water, then they're going to have to go around or across right. and then refine your your scent. Um, one ability that humans have that's far above animals is endurance running. Oh, tell me more. Well, like, I, you know, hunting... Before uh, the advent of guns and bows and arrows and, and projectiles. We used to just, just outrun just them and run. kick their just ass. keep running a horse. You know, even a, a long enough distance, you can outrun a horse. I'm not sure they, that's right. No, they just don't have the endurance that humans have. Huh. Animals don't sweat like humans do. They can't carry water like humans do. Hmm. And so on a long enough distance, you can outrun even the fastest animals. If you're in shape, I mean, if you're 300 pounds, then just forget that idea. Lay, <laughs> lay down and let him catch you because you're, you're fucked. All right. Uh, basically, if a dog's chasing you, you're out of luck. The The best bet is to 
you need to get to someplace before they catch you. Okay. Get to a town, a city where other people and sense can confuse it. Uh, get in a car, or a train, whatever. Get it. Get moving. All right. You know, get out of the area. One thing that I read that I'm not a hundred percent sure is they said spraying the trail trail in the bottom of your boots with pepper spray. Hmm. To me, that just seems like it's a smell that's easy to follow. I mean, it might mask your smell. Yeah, but if that but, gets in their nose, yeah, maybe. Might, yeah, I don't know enough about it to, to say that that's a, a good idea. That's not a win or a loss yeah. there. All yeah. right. Um, but, I mean, the basic idea is if a dog's after you, if they're after you with dogs, that you need to make distance and find some, some way to get away. You know, right. find find an alternate route. All right. You know, like like car. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hobo it onto the train. Yeah. All right. Do something like that. Um, did you want to get into uh, uh, any other ways of uh, tracking that might be beneficial that we haven't well, done yet? We did. I I barely touched on uh, human uh, human waste. Okay. Oh, now check this out. Mm-hmm. You're going to find this intriguing. There. So, apparently in this book, this uh, Tracking Humans book, he's like, you know, you can tell a lot about a person from their, their poo. Mm-hmm. And he recommends, he had three specific diets. Okay. And he's like, what you need to do is you need to eat the set diet. Like, imagine what a Middle Eastern person might eat. He had fish, he had, you know, rice and things. Maybe I'm thinking of another culture. I don't know, yeah, whatever. Sounds like Japanese. But he, had a, so. he had a set uh, a set diet. And he's like, stick to this for a week. Now, you don't want to waste it. So you're going to be pooing in your test area. Oh, you have to keep your... Now, you're going to monitor this poo over days to see how it looks from day to day. So you can say, oh, you know what? That's what a day old poo looks like. Okay. Here's you have like three day old poo. Off. Right. Every you got to know. Right. Where your poos are. Right. Right. And so you want to be able to compare, get familiar, maybe give it a taste, whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to move on. This guy definitely had a lot of hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> this poo is spicy. You're going to move on to the next diet. Okay. And you try the different diets. You check the poo. And at this point, you're becoming that master tracker status mm. right there. Mm. So, you know, I found that pretty exciting. I was like, oh, yeah, I can I really a, get to know my poo. A friend of mine, he was a bit of a nut job. He, uh, you know, he's the type of person that would wave a, a Tech 9 out his window at somebody that cut him off, that type of thing. Yeah, who doesn't do that? And uh, he was having some health issues, and he had to give a stool sample. Sure. And instead of, like, trying to get better, what he did was eat nothing but corn and nuts for three days. <laughs> Because that's, because that's just awesome. the pure humor of it for him was worth maybe maybe getting sick and dying. Now, that that sounds awesome. Is <laughs> all I can really say to that. Now I also looked. Uh, actually, I we looked at uh, some of the forensic science stuff. Now you, okay. you see these shows. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even. Forensic files. I watch whatever they are. Yeah, right. Forensic files. So. And, uh, There's three things when you look at a body mm-hmm. that you can judge how long it's been there. That's what okay. you're looking for. So there's algor mortis, which is your body temperature. So what you want to know is, obviously it's going to vary. You know, if you're in 
you know, the middle of the snow storm or whatever, the body's going to get cold, whatever. But you, you need to take these things into account and kind of calculate for each thing. There's a book um, you can go find called Time of Death Decomposition and Identification. This is supposed to be the authority. Mm-hmm. So you might want to look that one up, whatever. But bottom line, it usually takes from somebody being 98.6, about 12 hours for the body to get down to room temperature, okay. assuming you're in a nice 72 degree you know, mm-hmm. climate. So the idea is when they take the body temperature, you can kind of get a judge on how long it's been from 98.6, you know, dividing by the 12 hours and calculate, right. figure out a time. Next thing is uh, liver mortis or lividity. Now, this is something you can actually just see. Now, you know, I know on these shows, they take the temperature of the liver and all, oh, then I'll know better and whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know about all that. Read the book. Maybe you'll get some insight. But the quick thing for the down and dirty tracker guy 30 to 60 minutes, the skin is going to start to turn yellow mm-hmm. as opposed to looking normal. So you one, you can say, oh, this is fresh. You know, I know this guy just died in the last 30 minutes because he's not even turned yellow yet. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. 30 to 60 yellow. Then uh, they'll over the next 60 minutes to eight hours, the body's going to start to turn purple. All right, so it's a little harder to tell from that hour to eight hour. Once you hit that eight hour mark, the purple is going to actually like settle out along the ground. So whatever extremities are, you know, laying on the ground, you're going to see like a purple edge along the bottom Mm -hmm. because the blood's really, you know, right, settling down, settling down and coagulating. Um, Rigor mortis, same thing, about 12 hours. Um, The stiffness actually starts at the head. And then goes down the body to the feet. Like not, okay. yeah, I would think like center out or, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't know. So that's, you know, another thing to look for. But again, these are all just little clues that can kind of give you a head start. Now, again, I, we didn't tell you what you need to do to be a master tracker. But you know what? I guarantee we told you some things you didn't know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think uh, and that's, the biggest part of that. Is to get out, you know, a good way to do that is with your kids. You know, send your kids out. You know, tell them to to find a route and get to a certain location. And then just try and track them. Yeah. You know, a certain location you don't know specifically. And then just try and track them and find them like like an extended game of hide and seek. You know, you can do that with a friend, you know. Yeah. Another adult. But. I mean, little things. Broken branches, broken twigs. Um. Typically, somebody goes through and steps on plants, breaks branches. Mm-hmm. A, good it's way gonna... to, a good way to do that is like to, uh, especially like when there's snow on the ground or uh, sand, like start easy. Start easy. Yeah. And then, then when you start looking for the the broken branches. Now, can you get your kids yeah. to hide out for three days? Because that's what I was going to go is usually it takes about three days. The stuff will actually start to turn brown and die. Right. And, and the, you'll see those changes. And I, you, have to, you have to follow their poop. You know your kid's diet. You know. You know, you know what they're eating. Yeah. I know that. Uh, so if it know. tastes like cornflakes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's it. So we are moving forward on purchasing new microphones. Mm-hmm. In case you guys were getting antsy. 
Um, we haven't worked out all the kinks yet. Yeah, I think we've got more of a, a software problem than a hardware problem at this point. But definitely the keyword is problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did ship out uh, the patch and uh, and the audio, uh, the movie, okay. Amerigeddon. Mm-hmm. Um, did see some, still getting some uh, straggler reviews. That's good. So That's good. guys are uh, taking care of us. Yeah. We really appreciate it. We could go through if you want to uh, with some of them, send out some, some patches just for putting the reviews up. Do you want to do that? How many patches we got left? About we got, uh, we got one or two. What? Yeah. 500? I don't know about that. Three or four, somewhere in between. Yeah, so if you guys leave us a review and want to email us your address, we could uh, take care of you. Mm-hmm. We could do that. Pretty generous over here at the Prepping Badass Podcast. Well, we got to get uh, active on these shirts, though, and I haven't seen any designs yet. No. I was hoping on no, the, no emails flooding in. Uh, listeners to uh, send some designs in. Uh, so you're going to have to break out the old pencil, huh? Yeah, I'm going to have to draw something. So I'll tell you what, it's gonna have poo with with corn and nuts in it. Though. Corn and nuts. <laughs> I think I've already shared that story on the podcast about the corn and the poo. No. 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 I haven't shared this maybe. golden I, I treasure. Call this. So, are you sure? I feel like we may be uh, reliving it, but all right. So uh, there was a guy back in the day at the poo plants. Sure enough, in comes a big poo, with a piece of corn in it. Guys like, hey. I'll give you five bucks if you eat the corn out of that poo. He's like, five bucks, I'm in. Dude, he did it. Ate a piece of Ate corn. Ate a piece of corn out of the poo. Person's turd. Out of a random sewer plant turd. Guy missed three days of work. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably only three. I know, right? That's what I'm saying. So, you know, you guys are hungry. You get to know your poo. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't go down digestion the first time, maybe round two. Maybe the second time. Got to get all your nutrients, man. Hey, don't let them slip by. So check us out, preppingbadass.com. Yeah. Follow us on the Facebook. um, Um, Preppingbadass at gmail.com. Gmail.com. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be uh, appreciated. And if you apparently, if you want to shoot us out your address after you leave us an email, tell us who you are. We'll hook you up with a prepping badass patch. A, I think we put a, a five day limit on yeah. this, though. All right. For some of the latecomers adding the How about, uh, iTunes. We'll go till what, October? Let's say October 7th. 7th. All right. October 7th it is. So any new review, and you know, sometimes iTunes is a little slow to get them up there. So. Yeah. I don't want you got to hustle, people. Yeah, I know when we were doing the reviews, I was a little upset at our listeners because hey, I, I had, had a little rage. There, yeah, I put out there uh, privately to myself, in my mind, I was gonna, I was gonna pick the review that dropped the most f bombs, and there were no f bombs. No f bombs. So we had to pick from everybody else on who to people who out. live in polite society. Yeah, yeah, yeah those. People. Yeah. You know, we don't have any uh, Eric Rudolphs apparently listening to the podcast. They they probably wouldn't leave reviews. No, they're not the review leaving type. Mm-hmm. Nope, not bad. So we will try and uh, keep things moving forward on our end. We appreciate you guys listening. So stay safe and have a good week. Mm-hmm.